0: Pain that you're having when you play the flute isn't just related to how you're playing the flute. It's how you do everything. When you're in school and you're writing and you're like hunching down over your desk and death gripping your pen, that's all contributing to this. All of that gets brought into your practice session. And all of that becomes part of the way that we move when we hold our instruments.
1: Hello, and welcome to Classical Music Career Podcast. My name is Yuri. I'm a double bass player, web developer, and host of this podcast. My guest today is Liz Stolbert, a flautist and Alexander Technique teacher. Alexander Technique is a method of bringing conscious awareness to how we do things. It is often used to help people with specific problems, such as tension or pain when playing an instrument. In this episode, we will discuss how Alexander Technique can help musicians lead healthier and better careers. This podcast is created by InClassics, web development agency for musicians. If you need a website, visit us on inclassics.com and book a free consultation to see what we can do for you. Well, hello, Liz. Thank you for joining this podcast. I'm very, very happy to start this with you, this journey of figuring out how it is the best and healthiest way for musicians to lead their careers. So tell me a little bit about yourself, about what you do, about Alexander Technique and about how it can help musicians to have a healthier and better, better life.
0: So yeah, my name is Liz. I am originally trained as a flutist. I went to conservatory and I teach music I play in chamber music. When I was in conservatory, I learned about Alexander technique. I wasn't super serious about it at the time. It just seemed interesting. It was something kind of, I kept coming back to. And after I graduated uh, with my masters, I was like many musicians wondering, okay, well, what, what next, what do I do now? And my answer to that was, well, you know, I've always been interested in Alexander Technique. Let me just enroll in a teacher training course. Even if I decide not to teach it, I will learn something about myself and it will be a skill that I can use. So I did and I ended up really loving it. And now I teach Alexander Technique.
1: So that's great. And tell, tell me a little bit what the Alexander Technique is, because I heard about it. I saw colleagues who were doing it who were always saying that it's amazing and it's uh, you should try it and I never did so tell me what is Alexander technique.
0: So I should warn you that every Alexander technique teacher has their own definition. So my definition is that Alexander technique is a method for bringing conscious awareness to how we do the things that we do.
1: Okay so it's not really it's not just about music right so anyone can do Alexander technique.
0: Yes. And F.M. Alexander, who developed the technique, he was an actor.
1: And is it more focused on body awareness or is it more like a mental uh, mental technique?
0: A fundamental principle of the Alexander technique is mind-body unity. Basically, what that means is that everything that we do involves both our body and our mind. They're inseparable. So a really classic example of this is, you know, if you have an emotion, a really strong emotion, then how do you know you're feeling that emotion? A lot of the times that's, it's also a physical, it's a physical feeling. And that's why things like, you know, breathing slowly or uh, yoga or slowing down, going for a walk, anything that makes your body feel in a different way is going to have an effect on your emotions. Breathe more slowly, you feel more relaxed. That's maybe starting with the body. Maybe you're feeling stressed, someone says something really encouraging to you that's starting with the mind, but it is going to have an effect on the body. So for Alexander technique, what we're teaching is mind-body
1: awareness. For example, if we take meditation techniques or yoga, right, as you said, is it different or is it very similar?
0: So in my experience, something like yoga, for example, has its own philosophy and its own system of movement and techniques. My understanding is that What all of these modalities have in common is that they expand your awareness of yourself. And that increases your ability to be conscious of what you're doing and basically to have agency to say, oh, this is what I want to do. And the first step to that is being real with yourself and aware of yourself of what you're already doing. And there are just different philosophies and different ways of approaching that fundamental concept and someone who's a yoga teacher or a meditation expert might disagree with me there
1: but to alexander technique i guess uh, people usually come when they have some problem to deal with right so like as i read in your bio you had uh, tensions in your shoulder right when you were playing and uh, and therefore you started looking for solutions so i think it's a lot of musicians can relate to that because a lot of us have some one or another trouble with our with our physical body when we when we play instruments you know like 10, 10 15 hours a day okay we don't play that much but but anyways all this physical <laughs> physical aspects they come, they come through and we start looking for solutions to them and so some some people come to something like alexander technique so was it also a journey for you to come there through your own personal discomforts that you needed to solve
0: yeah it was um and that's exactly right so most people when they think about alexander technique think of it as a method for addressing a physical discomfort or a habit um ultimately i think for musicians and this was my experience you know i was feeling this shoulder tension and it was this really classic case where it was like i know what i need to do differently and i like how it feels when i play differently but you know i'll think about it and then as soon as i start practicing I get hyper-focused, three hours go by, oh, my shoulder hurts again. It's as much about expanding your awareness of what you're doing and learning what you could do differently as it is about learning how to change a habit. Like that's the issue. It's a question of attention. When your attention shifts, you go back to your old way of doing things.
1: Absolutely. And also we as musicians, we we repeat the same thing over and over again for so long that that physical sensations when you play they get like ingrained in our body and physical structure, you know, and it's so hard to change because even if you are conscious for it, about it for five minutes of your practice, then you get some trouble in your playing and all the focus goes there. You forget about everything that you were thinking about. So how do you address this? How do you change the habits?
0: That's a great question. So the key aspect of this is just like you said, these physical habits become ingrained. And they become part of what it means for us to play our instrument. So it becomes part of your belief system that, oh, when I pick up my flute, if I'm playing, I'm also tensing my shoulder. And so part of undoing that physical habit is also changing the underlying belief which I think obviously if you were to ask any musician, like, oh, do you need to tighten your jaw or like, (laughs) or like be really stiff there or like have a really grip on your bow hand? You know, everyone would say no. Then if you were to ask them, well, if you totally relax and release all of that tension and then you pick up your bow hand, does it, does it feel like you're playing? They might say no. So that's part of it um, that I think often doesn't get addressed then there are a few ways that Alexander Technique can really help with this. So one is prevention. And there's an Alexander Technique principle called the means whereby. And essentially what that means is thinking of how you're going to get to where you're going. And when I say how, I mean equality. You know, for me, something that like totally changed my world was when I had an Alexander Technique teacher tell me, hey, Liz, the pain that you're having when you play the flute isn't just related to how you're playing the flute. It's how you do everything. When you're in school and you're writing and you're like hunching down over your desk and death gripping your pen, that's all contributing to this. You know, when you're carrying stuff that's too heavy and you're feeling really stressed and clenching your jaw, all of that gets brought into your practice session. And all of that becomes part of the way that we move when we hold our instruments. When I say the, how are we doing what we're doing? I think part of that is just starting off on the right foot. And you can do that anytime big part of that i think is really consciously thinking about how you want to be moving and how you want to feel that could even be an emotion like oh i want to feel calm and confident okay what does that feel like in your body what changes then when you start to pick up your instrument can you still feel that calm confidence or does something change for me a really big aspect and i think this is hard for a lot of musicians is thinking about how I'm going to play instead of like, what am I gonna play and how is it gonna sound in the end? Like, what is my result? So really thinking about the quality of my attention as I start the process. And sure, some of that quality that you bring into it from the beginning is gonna get lost, but if you start there, then you have a baseline that you can always come back to.
1: It's so interesting because I also know with with, even with my own practice, so just always with performances and with concerts, that the second you get a little bit stressed, you get into some kind of different mindset and you forget to think about all of those things, you know, that you can think mm-hmm. in your maybe calm. Uh, how, how do you come back to that?
0: Yeah, that's a really great question. So that comes into like maintenance. The way that I practice this, there's a couple of different ways that you can incorporate this. So one is, and it's called, in Alexander Technique world, it's called inhibition. And basically that's what allows us to respond Like, oh, I see that this passage is really stressful. I can respond to that instead of reacting and, you know, automatically tensing up. And the key to that is taking a pause, thinking about the quality that I want, and then moving forward. In practical terms, what that means is if you're practicing and you know there's a place that always stresses you out, what I would do is I would isolate a couple bars before where it feels easier just until it starts to stress you out. And just play those bars without moving forward really confidently and easily with the quality that you want. And then add maybe just one or two notes at a time of the tricky bit. You can see where I'm going with this. You're gonna add them in with the same quality. And you know, okay, I'm not moving forward. I'm not doing the whole thing. It's just these one or two notes. That's easy.
1: This is, this is really good. <laughs> I'm going to try that.
0: <laughs> so it's going to be that transition, but it also, it's the key part of this is that it's preparing you. So then you can write in a keyword, not at the tricky bit, but like four bars before when it still feels confident and easy for you. At that part, that's where you're going to write in a word for yourself, something that inspires in you the way you want to feel. And you'll go, oh yeah, I have all this ease. And then sure, maybe you'll lose some of it in the transition. But it's a chance for you to reconnect with yourself when it's still easy.
1: Mm -hmm. This is very, very good. Because usually what happens on the contrary, it's like those four bars before something really difficult comes, you start (laughs) tensing up and you're like dreading that moment. And then that moment comes and you like quickly run through it. And then you're like, whoo! Yes, exactly.
0: (laughs) Right. But realistically, you know, those four bars before it gets hard, it's still easy at that point.
1: Yep yep exactly exactly this is this is very very good point and uh <laughs> i used to do meditation a bit more seriously and uh, i went to this silent meditation retreat for like 10 days you know where you sit on a cushion for 10 days and just uh, meditate and it was very it was great i really enjoyed that experience and then i came back and i went straight on tour and i remember i made a little painting of a ear you know and put it on my oh. music stand always and i like just to remind myself that uh Whenever you get stressed stressed, and you're just focused on your mm-hmm. own playing, you should just open the ears and, you know, listen to others and be a bit more calm. And uh, while I was doing meditation, that continued. And that was very, very good. And I felt that I'm progressing. And the second I stopped doing everyday sessions, of course, it all went away. I forgot completely about the little <laughs> ear, about everything I've learned on that course. So like, this is obviously something like Alexander Technique, it's not a fix that you go to someone and you're just like, okay, fix my shoulder and you fix it over a certain period of time. It is like, in a sense, it is a lifestyle that you need to adopt.
0: Yeah, it's exactly. And I would say the, it can be really daunting. Like, I remember when my teacher told me that, like, oh, it's everything you do. I was like, oh, Mm -hmm. oh, (laughs)
1: shit. (laughs)
0: And and I think that's true for a lot of musicians. They go, oh, it's just about how I'm playing. And. But it's like, no, it's everything that you bring to the table. And that can be really daunting. But the flip side to that is what I would say is, you know, even just in a split second, I can say, okay, what if you relaxed just a little bit right now? You notice a change. Maybe it's subtle, but something shifts. That took a second. You can do that anytime. So if you're playing with other people and you have rest, just like you're saying, yeah, take a deep breath, listen to your colleagues, expand your sense of self, be in the moment. Oh, great. Then you pick up your instrument and you've relaxed yourself again. That's a great opportunity. Or, you know, when you're practicing, if you notice, oh, I'm starting to get tense, just pause right there, take a deep breath, notice your whole self, and then keep playing. You can do that anytime.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And uh, tell me, how is the way of, of learning this? So so you are a uh, Alexander Technique teacher and then the student comes to you. How many lessons does it take to, to see any any kind of result to feel that they are improving something and how is this process of teaching something like this happen
0: oh that's a great question there are a few different pedagogical styles of alexander technique so my style is quite socratic and conversational and there are also styles that are very hands-on where the teacher will give you very little explanation. They won't talk to you very much. This is generally taught in person, where they'll put their hands on you. So that could be that was my experience early on, where I was playing, and my teacher would gently just put their hand on my shoulder, and I'd go, "Oh yeah," and then keep playing. And that can be really powerful because you feel it. For me, that was a really powerful initial experience, but I I didn't know how to do it on my own. And for my style of teaching, I tend to talk to people. <laughs> So I'll ask someone, you're like, oh, like, let's uncover some of those unconscious beliefs. Let's talk about how you're going to get there on your own. And it might be a more subtle experience than if, you know, someone's putting their hands on you and really guiding you. But it leaves you with skills that you can employ anytime on your own. Like, you know exactly what you're doing. So I would say it can take one lesson to give you a sense that, oh, things can be different. And for me, I always try to give people like one or two strategies they can try on their own. In terms of like, oh, I am in my body, I feel like I'm doing things differently without having to think about it so much. I would say that depends on the person, but I noticed the biggest change in my students between about six and 10 lessons.
1: And how did it, How long did it take for you to feel, you know, like in your body that like that those tensions that you were having went away?
0: Well, I can tell you that I still have those habits when I play flute sometimes. <laughs> and, and But the difference is I'm much more aware of it and I have lots of tools for dealing with it. Like I notice it much more quickly. And I, I think to me, that's the really big difference. You know, it used to be that when, when I was practicing I wouldn't notice until I was done that something hurt. And now it, even as soon as I'm picking up my flute I have a really clear idea of how to do that of what I want in that experience. And as soon as starts, something starts to shift in a way that I don't want, I notice it immediately. So I, I wouldn't say like, oh, my habits are gone forever, but <laughs> I'm able to deal with it in a way that prevents me from hurting myself.
1: It's, it's very interesting what you say, especially about uh, awareness of those things, you know, like uh, that there are some habits that we build them for years or for decades. And so you cannot expect them to go away in a lesson or 10 lessons or 20 lessons. But uh, having uh, an awareness of them is already a great step. It's uh, also when I was doing meditation, seriously, like it was, uh, I am often quite temperamental. It's not that it stopped me from uh, getting emotional during rehearsal, you know, (laughs) or or having my temper, you know, like take the better of me. But at least I was much more aware of it, you know. And then when I stopped doing that, then the temper goes the same way, but I don't notice it, you know, until it's too late. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) What would be your suggestion, your recommendation to to those people who would like to build some new habits and build a healthier uh, relationship with themselves, with the instruments? What would be your, your suggestion to them?
0: Okay, I have two big suggestions. So one is that many musicians work so hard at the end of the year. And during this time, you know, we don't feel like you have time to rest or tension builds up, you're just always on the go. And you don't realize that over time, this kind of becomes your new normal. And so my first recommendation would be an alexander technique practice called Constructive Rest. I have a free recording of this if anyone wants it, Um, but there's a couple of them. You can find it online. And basically, it's a practice of lying on the floor with your feet on the floor so that your knees are bent. And for 20 minutes, you just consciously breathe and release tension from your body. And it's an opportunity to check in with yourself and to be present with yourself and to notice, you know, how much tension you actually need. And the great thing is that when you're on the floor, you're already on the floor. So like, (laughs) there's no fear. And so what I would recommend, you know, whether it's a guided recording like mine, or if you just want to set a timer for 20 minutes and lie down on the floor. And so, okay, I'm going to let go. Then when you come back to your day, you mm-hmm. can go, oh, yeah, I didn't need everything that I was holding on to before. Oh, I don't need so much effort. So that's something I would recommend to any musician. Like
1: Definitely going to check out the video and do it today for sure. And we will put <laughs> the, the link, link for people so they can check, check that out too. I'll just say one thing, if I can interrupt for a second. Be very careful if you do it before the concert. Because once when I was doing the meditation, I decided before the concert to lie down in my bass case. And also breathe a little bit and relax and be with, you know, find find the center. And I fell asleep and someone had to run from stage after already the orchestra went on stage <laughs> and wake me up. Oh, no. so I, think, I think everyone needs to know the, the place yes. and the time when to do it.
0: <laughs> yes, that's why I always set a timer. Uh, because I think it also like for so many of us we think oh I don't have 20 minutes for this or oh like what if I fall asleep okay just set the timer you know it's going to end
1: well we always have 20 minutes because I think if you look at your day and you see how how many 20 minute sessions of uh, scrolling Instagram or Facebook you go through (laughs) I think everyone can find those 20 minutes and the second one a
0: great point yeah so my second point is That when you're thinking about the new year, it can be overwhelming to say, okay, I'm suddenly going to play everything differently, or I'm suddenly going to, you know, play my instrument in a different way. Mm -hmm. So what I would do is pick a warm up that you really like, something super easy. For me, it would be long tones. For you, it might be something else and say, okay, this is the time that I'm going to dedicate to noticing my body and noticing my breath. And when it's slow, you can also notice the change in the sound and the relationship between your body and your emotions too and the sound that you're making. And so say, okay, for five minutes in my practice session, starting in the new year, I'm going to give attention to the quality of myself and how I'm approaching my instrument. And then, sure, I can let myself get distracted. <laughs> I, it's hard to think about for the whole session, but for five minutes, you can do it. And then it will start slowly to influence the rest of your playing.
1: And I would say also that that for sure, if, if anyone wants to try it, they should try it with a teacher first. And it's amazing, you know, that there are musicians who, who teach this and uh, because it's so easy to relate for one musician to another and to understand the troubles and problems that we are going through but also i think that it's like uh you go into a gym you know like you want to build this habit you know like i want to go to a gym and until you <laughs> have those lesson- lessons with instructor you know once per week or twice per week you go because you have a set time you have a set date you have a set date with a, with a teacher so you go there and as soon as you stop going with the teacher you still keep up for like a week or two or three but after a while you definitely go into like oh no today is not a great day and tomorrow is not a great day and you know, and <laughs> thirty weeks go by, and you're like, "Oof, I forgot about something." What is the end goal of Alexander Technique? If if you start practicing, mm-hmm. what can you imagine as a end goal to which you are striving to?
0: Yeah. Oh, I love that. My goal as a teacher is to give my students greater agency and control of how they move in the world and for musicians especially you know part of how we're playing is like you said we build up these habits Mm -hmm. and then even if you know it's not what you want to do or you know that you're getting in your own way somehow you feel powerless against it and so my goal for everyone but especially for my for musicians and for my students is that you have the tools to be in control of how you want to do the things that you do
1: Yeah, this is great. And uh, so just in the end, tell us if people want to find you and if people want to get a lesson with you, where can they find you?
0: Yes, I have a website. It's www.atwithliz.com. And that's where I have the constructive rest. If you join my mailing list, which is the, it's called the undo list. Uh I only (laughs) mail things out once a month. It's not overwhelming. (laughs) and you'll get a free audio recording for constructive Rest. And then I'm also on Instagram at Liz Talbert with an underscore at the end.
1: Perfect. So I hope that, that people find you and I definitely gonna do that uh, newsletter and uh, <laughs> lying down on the floor 20 minutes today for sure. <laughs> so, yeah, thank you Liz. Thank you so much for joining and uh, it was a really a pleasure talking to you. And uh, I'll try to put some of the things into my own practice and then see how it goes from there.
0: Yeah, please let me know how it goes. Yeah, <laughs> I will. <laughs>